good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening today. Today is the 24th of January, year of our Lord, 2022. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic, who did forget uh, to bring his microphone on this trip. We are also, once again, yes. using Zoom audio, which I was about to I was about to tease the guest. I forgot they can see the title of the episode. So there's no reason to do that, but we'll get to that in just a second. Have I might some... just title title the episode like X Y Z. Oh, just to throw people off. Just um, to throw people off. Yeah. I want to do some quick housekeeping before we jump into the episode. Uh, last week was our one year anniversary of the Bun and Cardigan. I want to say two things about that episode. One, on the re-listen, we are incredibly lucky that we got the guys that we did to do the trivia that we did. Because yes. it would have been very easy for people to flop on most of those. The one yes. that still blows me away is that they they got Lil Mookie, which is like probably the most important one. So That's, yes, shout out to those guys again. A ton of fun. The other thing, and I texted James about this twice. I felt legitimately terrible about this. We did. Apology is in order. Yes. An official uh, a BNC apology to Keith Black, who we did forget. Um was one of the guests. Now I yes. want to say this, which is going to make me look even worse, but just to show that he wasn't the only person that I forgot. Originally on my piece of paper, I had written three. I mm-hmm. forgot Nikias. I thought it was just Matt and Laz, Vinny, and then like the big uh, Motown No Award show that we did. So yeah. I also forgot Nikias until you said it. So the way that we will be amending this, Keith, is uh, we agreed. Once we do merch again, you will get a free shirt or hoodie or whatever yes. it is that we decide to do. Yes. There you go, Keith. Sorry about that. Our bad. <clears throat> and yes. that was a, a terrible. And it's not. I hope Keith knows it's not because we didn't love his his episode. We absolutely did love his episode. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even remember the headline for that. Maybe that's why. Maybe there was a. So I'd imagine you scrolled through. Nope. I just did it off the oh, top of my head, which is why exactly, which hopefully makes things feel a little bit better where it's like, <laughs> oh, OK, so he was just being negligent. All right. We got that out of the way. Keith, we hope you accept the apology and all the people yes. that were mad on Keith's behalf, of which there were several people. Rightfully so. Yes. All right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. I got two main questions for you. One, let's do it. Isaiah Stewart, what's going on? What's the problem here? What's 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 going on? People are he starting a good game. He oh, did. People are turning on him. People are starting to talk, James. I'm just letting you know. And I just want to ask because there does seem to be a shift in even though the Pistons are kind of back to their shenanigans ways. Uh, like winning they were games, win, winning games that they have no business winning and being in games yeah. that are like, you know, scored a million points against the Kings, which how hard is that? Well, you know, but, you know, it's still something. <laughs> it's still a thing that happened. People that was the Hankel st- Super Bowl. <laughs> people are st- people were furious with me that I wasn't at that game because I was at the Lakers Pacers game and they were like, "Oh, well, you should have been at Pistons Kings." I was like, "You're right. Let me make the six hour drive to Sacramento." Yeah, Sorry about that, guys. That's so far, and and I wouldn't even if I lived in Sacramento, I wouldn't even drive to Sacramento. No Probably offense not. If you're from Sacramento. Yeah. Um, but anyways, people are starting to notice that the ferocity maybe that Isaiah played with, where his um physicality combined with his energy often translated to just 
some sort of an offensive output, people are starting to notice that maybe that's a little bit more absent this year. Some people have tied it back to the LeBron stuff and maybe it's like a mental thing with him. I don't subscribe to that because I think it's just maybe a, a, just a weird slump for him, but something definitely feels different with him this year. I think there's a few things. I think he's clearly, I watched him yesterday in practice after practice in Denver shooting the three ball and just every single one, just cash, 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 cash. So like when it comes to the three ball, I think a little bit might be, I don't want to say stage fright right now, but I think he's certainly, I think he overthinks out there on the floor. Um, I think he, he wants to do just kind of what the staff is asking them, asking of him. And you see a little bit of hesitation at times, but I, I still firmly believe and I'll die on this Hill that Isaiah will be an average three point shooter at some point in his career. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think sooner rather than later um, in terms of the, the kind of the heel turn on him. I don't know. It's super interesting because everybody else, any other young player, we talk about this all the time. When Sadiq plays bad, it sends Sadiq to the bench. When or the Isaiah G League. Plays bad, or the G League. Yeah, or the James G- Edwards the third. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know, I know. I asked, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> I actually have a funny, if we do story time with James, uh, I have a good Sadiq one from yesterday. Um, okay. And. So, yeah, if Sadiq's playing bad, it sends Sadiq to the bench. If it's if Isaiah's not playing what they expected, it send Isaiah to the bench. Mm-hmm. If it's you-know-who playing like you-know-who, it's everybody else's What is it, Voldemort? Like you can't say Killian Hayes? <laughs> it's just interesting to me. I Like, I don't understand it. Is it well, my question like, is, he's, he's your number seven pick. He was your number seven pick before you got Cade in a pretty crappy draft. Like why? So why can't you put him out? Why can't, why does he have to be out there to, to work through his kinks, but Isaiah can't be out there to work through his kinks. My Uh, thing is this. It hinders Killian's development. If like, if the things that you say about Isaiah are true, where it's like, which I believe them to be where it's like really quick before I forget, I don't think he can't catch. I think he has concentration issues. Like, I think catching through a crowd, like, I think it's concentrated. Like, I think he has fine hands. So you think you think it's the opposite where, like, Thonmaker had motor skill issues and yes. physically could not catch I, a ball? I think Isaiah's is still, like, adapting to the pace of the NBA game and the speed in which the passes come to him and the angles in which they come to him, yes. My question is this. If Isaiah is a guy who is just trying to do what the coaches want him to do, so to speak, whatever that would entail – and it, and it doesn't entail him being aggressive with his scoring, which he doesn't need to be to impact a game. My question is how, and so in turn, it, it produces hesitancy and reluctancy. My question is how many of those guys are you allowed to have on a basketball team? Cause we already have one of those. And that kind of feels like a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. This is my thing. I think this year, as we've talked about a bazillion times, just work out the kinks. It's like guys, get the reps, let guys go through the motions, let guys figure things out. And you reevaluate when you're ready to turn a corner. They're not ready to turn a corner yet. Um, Isaiah's not going to get a, become a better screener unless he's out there working on his screening with the, the best guards on the team, which Caden Killian are. Um, he's not going to get more comfortable letting the three ball fly unless he's playing against top defenses. Like you want the best for everybody. And um 
I understand that maybe uh, you, some people have more vested interest in others because of their, uh, their pick location or the position they cute. play or yeah, or that like, that's at this point, that's a real thing with Killian, to be honest. So I, I think it is a thing, but it it's is. like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just think it's, they need to, Isaiah is going to be fine. Whether or not he's a starter, that that's I'm not saying I'm not arguing with people who say he's not a starter, but it's like let him figure it out. Just to be clear, I'm not flipping. I'm just saying like I just wanted to talk about it because I feel like we haven't really this season talked a no, bunch about no, him and, and the way that he's performed. Um, yeah. And he has been more aggressive this week. Uh, he was very aggressive in the Warriors game. He was very aggressive in the Kings game. Um, I had yeah. an insane, like, I, I had one of those weird, like, I napped for, like, 15 minutes, but, like, I didn't really think I was asleep. It was just, like, a weird kind of in and out thing. And in those. in doing that, I had the weirdest, like, mini dream that Rodney McGruder had 50. I mean, he essentially has had 50 right. last week. Yeah. It's literally because of that. And so now I'm just thinking, okay, so just try to trade him, like, every week. And then po- avoided Trey Rodney is one of the best players in NBA history is what we're learning. Do you, do you want to know what a fan said to me on Twitter? What's that? When Rodney came back, he said Denver's coaching staff is so good that it, it brought back Rod, like Rodney learned that much that quick. And, <laughs> like they were like, it was like dead serious. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. It was dead. Like they were dead. That's serious. a good bet. Like, That's a good like, bet. This is why, this is why the nuggets are where they are. They turned Rodney into just in a, a three days, they turned him into an all-star. I'm like, all right, buddy. That's a good bet. All right, James, uh, other stuff going on with the Pistons. A lot of Jeremy trade stuff. A lot of stuff has come out about that. Oh, uh, I have a story that's come out today on Monday while you're listening to this. Uh, it's a mailbag, but um, it's also like a mix of what I'm hearing about the Pistons at the deadline. Um, so I'll, I have some Jeremy tidbits in that story. So go check that out. Um, and then I also have a couple tidbits on who I think they go after at the deadline. So, um, yeah, check that out. I have a team. Didn't I suggest to you a gimmick with this? Was it, what was the game that I suggested? I said, here's an idea for the podcast. And then you said, that's a good idea. And I don't remember what yeah, that idea I forgot was. what it was. I'll have to go back and look at it. Um, I think it was like, you name a team in the Jeremy trade stuff. And I have to say, at this player needs to be included from this team. You know what I mean? Oh, so, like, yeah. you said, we'll do that on a different on a different day. Yeah. Um, um, Kelly only- Olynyk comes back. Yes. And now he's in health and safety. Yeah. Tough. That's tough. Yeah. Um, you could talking to him after his first game back. He clearly, very clearly, missed playing basketball. So, as a, on a human level, you kind of feel bad for the guy. But I mean, likely he'll be back in a week. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll ask you, we'll get into the interview for today. Excuse me. The team that if you complete a Jeremy Grant trade with something may have gone wrong for me, that team is Washington where it's like, I don't really want a lot of stuff that you're trying to sell to me, but shout out to the guy who was DMing me and was like, no, you're going to think I'm kidding, but like, you need to get Thomas Bryant. And I was like, yeah, dude, you need to sell me on Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Keep going with this. Um, Do you know who I am? I was like, really? You, Thomas Bryant with me? You need to do this? Um, yeah. No, but they're a team that I don't really am not that interested in Denny. I know Ed hated him. So Rui's cool, do but you, what? Do you know that? I know 
that the Pistons were not that interested in Denny because they thought he was slow. Can I add, so I'm not going to put this, it's not in my story from Monday, but I'll, so I saved it for the pod. Can I tell you a trade that I heard the Pistons almost completed um, a season ago that didn't go through? People don't listen to this enough that this will get, get aggregated, right? Ugh, maybe. Reddit will sure. jump on it, I think, but that's good for us. Go I ahead. heard, I heard that last year the Pistons and Suns discussed a Seku for Jalen Smith trade. Oh, I would have puked. That the Suns backed out at the last second. Hmm. Probably smart, but it's two yeah. players who can't play. So that's fun. Just a, just a little tidbit for the podcast. Yeah, that's fun. Wow. That's okay. Um, Jalen Smith. We don't need to do this, I guess. Wow. Okay, we'll just let that marinate with people. I do think it's funny that Sadiq Bay goes back to Sacramento and is like, hey, Monty McNair, remember when you tried to trade Bagley for me and my GM <laughs> hung the phone up on you and then gave him 30? Good for Sadiq <laughs> okay. Bay. Let's do, let's do quick story time with James, and then we'll get to our special guests because it has to do with Sadiq and Sacramento. Oh, cool. Um, so I asked Dwayne – or asked Dwayne and Sadiq about Sadiq's uh, trash talking as of late. Like we all getting to know Sadiq, quiet guy, very robotic and about his business on the floor. But lately he's just been kind of chirping at fans and it's awesome. And um, so I, everybody's probably saw the quotes by now. I asked Dwayne, I asked Sadiq, that's not the thing. So yesterday Sadiq, they finished practice and guys are doing workouts, like individual workouts and Sadiq, exits the court like a little earlier than a couple other guys so I go sit next to him and I'm like all right what's the craziest thing someone said a fan has said to you he's like fans have been saying a lot of crazy shit and I was like all right tell me what's the craziest one he's like in Sacramento he's like the game barely even started and a fan yells at him hey 41 you ain't doing shit (laughs) like the like it's maybe played two minutes three Mm -hmm. minutes and he looks at him. And he's just like, all right, all right. And then, as we know, Sadiq goes for whatever, 30-something. Yep. And, and he looks over to find that fan, and that fan had exited the building. <laughs> <laughs> that was That's funny. Good. He was like, he's like 41, you ain't doing shit. And Sadiq looked at him. He's like, looks at the clock. He's like, played like a minute and a half. <laughs> That's good. Okay, well, then that's good. That gives me and the fans – a lot more perspective on the Kawhi of Sadiq Bay. Sadiq is, Sadiq is funny. I like Sadiq's a really good guy. Good yeah. story time with James. All righty. Uh, James is special the guest where you promote your story and we get into our lovely guest today. So I'm sure by now you've seen the story on the athletic, but I did a, a story about a, a, a fine gentleman who is a diehard Pistons fan and on Tuesday at Chase Center in San Francisco, completed his childhood dream of seeing the Pistons play in every NBA arena. Mr. Corey Nikoloff of Lansing, Michigan. Nick, me and you love, love our, love our Lansing. Shout out to Rio to Town. Home. Shout out to Rio Town. Um, shout out to Waverly. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Everett. Shout, shout out to Sexton. Everett. Shout out to Sexton. <laughs> shout out to the shout giraffe to Christian. By, the, by the Lansing Mall. Yes, shout out to the giraffe. Shout out to the two Chick fil A's in Lansing. All right, all right. Uh, all right. Corey Nikoloff. Um, I wrote the story about his journey to go see the Pistons play in every NBA arena. 
um, where it, how it came about, um, his quest. So we have him on the pod to, to talk a little bit more about the stuff we didn't necessarily get into in the story. Corey, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I uh, I appreciate the shout out to Sexton. I'm a I'm a I'm a big red, so I appreciate that shout. Hey, out. there we go. Shout out to, word yes, to Bryn Forbes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. And and Denzel Valentine. And Denzel and Valentine. Denzel. A little yeah. shout yes. out. A little bit. Yes. Corey, I want to um, I want to start. Ahead, Nick, start it off. Um, I, I want to just completely deviate from stuff that was in the story because I want to leave that to be you know exclusive to the story. Maybe some contextual stuff. We'll have to throw in just so people have better, but I want to jump straight into it. And you've been to every single arena. You've seen the Pistons play in every single city. Um, I don't mean to bring it back to the Kings, but like just to use them as an example. So like you had them playing at sleep train, but now they play at golden one center. You know what I mean? Like, so are you crossing off like cities or do you have to now like, okay, wait, this team got a new arena. Like if the Warriors still played at Oracle and then in a year went to chase and you know what I mean? Like, do you now have to go back to that city? Yeah. So I, I had actually gone to Oracle before I had finished my, my list and um, San Antonio was going to be the last one on the list. Uh, and then after I'd gone to Oracle, they had started sort of talking about they were going to be moving into the chase center. So then I gotcha. had to go back to the city to go to the chase center. And same thing with Milwaukee. I had been there to the previous arena and then when Fiserv Forum opened up, I was like, oh, I got to go back and go to Fiserv. I can't just have only gone to the previous arena. So Okay. On Fiserv Forum, James and I have had discourse over this several times. When you are in your seats, beautiful arena, right? Outside, the, it's the, the Concourse Deer District. or it's, it's all beautiful, okay? I said the Concourse. Not the Concourse because the Concourse is the problem. It's narrow, yes. dude. And it's like, it's so like, it's like shoots and ladders. Is that the most miserable Concourse in basketball yeah you know what i it's funny you bring that one up specifically because it is when you step inside it is in, incredibly underwhelming the concourse is narrow mm-hmm. it's just plain and ordinary mm-hmm. um i was really disappointed by it actually i was expecting so much from the outside because it's such a unique looking arena on the outside um i heard some fans in milwaukee like referring to it as the taco i don't think that's going to catch on but because <laughs> it's sort of like shaped like a shell sure, i don't know sure. uh, yeah but, that's funny yeah uh but yeah once you walk inside the whole concourse is is miserable like i i didn't like it at all once i got inside of it and then you know the seats are fine you know that that whole area is fine but yeah that the concourse very narrow very plain there's like no displays like with team history or anything that i could find um, I, that's something I always look for in the arenas is to see if they have a cool display with like the team history. Some arenas yeah. will have like Washington has a pretty cool display with some of their history. Charlotte had a pretty cool one. Um, but yeah, Milwaukee was just pretty plain and ordinary inside. So along, along those lines really quick, I agree with you about Milwaukee, another arena. And this was, so the chase center is three years old. Now I went the opening year and then last year we didn't travel because of COVID and I obviously was just there uh, last week. Chase Center, overrated on the inside. It's very similar. I think their concourse is, is very narrow, just like – like I think Sacramento's arena is better than the Chase Center. I completely agree. Yeah, Sacramento's agree. arena okay. is, is, is great. And, yeah, the Chase Center, it looks nice on the outside. The seats, and once you get actually in the, the arena itself, is, is really nice. But, yeah, the concourse, Terrible. narrow, a little bit confusing actually. Um, yes. I just, yeah, I wasn't impressed by the concourse at all. And actually the concourse is kind of the only thing I kind of liked about, uh, Oracle cause Oracle is not very good. I really kind of actually liked Oracle's 
concourse, but um, I agree. The, the arena itself at Oracle was like the most um, like just like the ceiling felt like it was just going to fall on you and collapse at all time. It was like the most claustrophobic arena. I think of all the ones I've been to was Oracle. So it was the, it was the 1819 season that you got most arenas crossed off your list, right? Correct. Yeah. 1819. I went to uh, 33 of the 41 road games and that's okay. why I knocked out most of them. Yep. So at that point, then you go, you fast forward a year once like COVID hits and they start doing the bubble. And last year, especially like it was, it was difficult with fans being around. So like, how much did that really like you were kind of on the one yard line, which I feel like is more annoying than if you were just like halfway done when you only have like a handful left. And then the world tells you for a year and a half, like, sorry, you can't go anywhere. Like I obviously gives you a chance to like save to like be able to do it whenever you can. But how frustrating was that? It was, it was definitely pretty frustrating because yeah, I knew. So 1819, I did most of them. And at that point, like I said, uh, San Antonio AT and T was the only one I yeah. hadn't been to, um, and I knew that season I was going to knock that one out. Uh, but you know, also that's really when they started talking about um, uh, the the Chase Center was going to be opening. So I knew I was going to have this one more on my list, and to not be able to do it, like even that first year they were in the arena, I wasn't able to go that year, and I was like, oh, I'll just go, I'll just go the next year. And then COVID obviously delayed that, so I had to wait an entire extra year to to go and cross it off. But you know, the delayed gratification was great. Um, you know, if, if I had just knocked them all out in that short of a time period, maybe I wouldn't have appreciated like doing that last one as much. So sure, I think it yeah. meant a lot more to me, like having to wait and finally cross that last one off the list. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was pretty special. Like it, it was frustrating, but it was pretty special. I think having to wait and finally get to do it after all that time. And so while we're on the eighteen nineteen season and we touched on this a bit in the story, what really, and I found this super interesting because I think there are a lot of Pistons fans who the moment I'm going to talk about and the moment you referenced really got people excited. And it was Blake's 50 ball in LCA against the 76ers early in the season. Like if I recall, Pistons might've been like 14 and no, it wasn't that many games. They, no, it was they like 14 a, were, and six or something. Yeah, they were, they were good. I remember they were like, yeah, they were, they were good. So, and, I, and for those who don't know, you're a season ticket holder at LCA. Mm-hmm. Um, how much and we touched on this story how much did you believe in that team after the 50 point game and then Man. when did you stop believing <laughs> so I I was I was really really all in on the team at that point like that's that's what spurred the whole thing was that that 50 ball from Blake that's the most fun I've I've had at a game in in years and years and years I remember at the end and, and also you know I, I hate the 76ers so being able to <laughs> <laughs> be able to go and, and see us beat them and beat Embiid, who, you know, I, at the time had always been talking trash to Drummond and stuff like to, to go in and, and win that game. I stood up and I just started like screaming, just primal roars at the end of that game. I was so happy <laughs> we had won. It was just it was very exciting. So I, I thought we were going to make some noise. I thought you know, second round, third. Like I was thinking like Eastern Conference finals at that point. I was like, man, Blake's going to lead us really, really far. And then, you know, obviously the, the wheels fell off. I, you know, it, it started to become, I think I went to the first 24 games of the season that year, home and away. And near the end of that 24, it, it started to become a little bit of a, you know, oh man, like 
do I really need to keep this streak going? And then, you know, that's when I wound up missing games 25 and 26, both back to back on the road. I was like, I got I to take a little bit of a break here and recharge my batteries and, yeah. you know, see if this team could get a little bit back on track. And then, yeah. you know, I, I kept it going, but it was those, those that, that's when I sort of the, the wheels fell off a little bit was around game 25, 26. James, this is the second like fan profile you've done, right? This is only the second one. I'm not misremembering again. I did. This one, I did one in Los Angeles on Blake's return, which ironically, oh, with Joey, people, people who know Joey before Joey was this big guy on s- social media, like I, I talked to him, mm-hmm. um, and then with uh, Indy Piston fan and Indy, and then yes, yes, the guy who yes, the yeah. in, the guy who's cl- a collector in enemy territory. Okay, yes. so, so three three fan profiles just from like your perspective. How do you know? And this one, I feel like just kind of screams in your face, like story. But like, yeah. how do you know? Like the I don't know, I guess maybe how to phrase this question a little bit differently is like, when do I find it interesting to do a story on a fan? Well, that and like, is it something that you're actively looking for? Or is it just like, a oh, I just found out about this guy who does this thing. I want to cover this. Or are you like actively looking for those interesting like nuggets? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, So in Corey's case, and thank you to Corey, because he could have tagged anybody else but he tagged when he finished when he took the photo outside of chase he tagged me the pistons and johnny kane so i saw it um and obviously the pistons aren't gonna write a story that they're not journalists and johnny johnny could have planned to do something uh but he wasn't on the road at the time so i let me just dm Corey and i i mean anybody that's super like how many often do you hear about a guy uh traveling to watch a team play in every road like to me that story wrote itself um sometimes the scoop just falls into your lap and that's <laughs> that's like 90 percent of the time that people act like i just find these i i'm on the prowl 24 sometimes you get lucky and stuff falls in your lap um the clippers one to me that was always interesting because blake had played obviously in los angeles his whole career he meant a lot to them turn the franchise around and then he like was abruptly traded mm-hmm. so i was like I, i'd be curious to see what clippers fans think about seeing Blake in another Jersey. And then the Pistons fan, Indy, I just interesting guy who collects a lot of Pistons memorabilia at every game. He does the, he waits outside the team hotel and he lives and is from Indianapolis enemy territory, obviously. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, it just all kind of depends. The, the people, one thing I've learned in this, in this job, fans like to read about fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, if there's a good fan story, I, I tend to always kind of jump on it. Um, and Corey's was awesome, obviously. I tell you what, speaking of fans wanting to hear from fans, you know who fans don't want to hear from is that dude that they kept running commercials for that everybody said looked like me. They stopped running his commercial before. Pistons. Oh, yeah. They stopped running that commercial because everybody was like, stop showing us this guy. Nobody knows who he is and nobody cares. They no. like people killed that guy. And all yeah, he, yeah. literally all he was doing was being like, I love the Pistons. Everybody was like, we hate you. It was insane. <laughs> But anyways, uh, Corey, really, I have one question really quick. Go ahead. Did you, um, Corey, did you grow up listening to like Jack Eblin? Listening to, do who? You listen to Jack Eblin. Do you listen to a lot of Lansing radio? Sports uh, no, radio? not a okay. lot. No, no. Nope. Well, shout out. Right. I want to say shout out to, uh, before I forget, shout out to Jack Eblin and Brad Galley. Um, they co-won Michigan sportscaster of the year. Mm. All right. Mr. I Michigan sports writer of the year over here. Barry in, oh, the lead on, Barry in the lead on that one. No, 
You were gassing yourself up. Get it off on here. Come on. You're good. I wasn't gassing myself up. I was shouting out. You posted it on your IG story. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, you can do it on here. No. Best writer in the state. Thank you, everybody who voted. Um, There you go. There you go. So, question for Corey. We talked about it a little bit. Um, Your favorite moment was, which I obviously I was I was there for as well. Reggie Bullock's game winner in Toronto, Dwayne's first about, game back. Just about to ask about this. Actually, okay, I'll let you ask about this because I want to ask about this. I just remembered, Corey. You do a lot of these games, if not all of them, alone. What do your like your friends and your family like? What do they do? They ask to ever go with you? Like, what is? Why do you not bring anybody with you? obviously people don't have the luxury of working remotely like you do is that a big part of it do you ever wish you took more people with you yeah so um yeah i mean the the convenience of just being able to get up and go without having to you know coordinate my schedule with somebody else's is the biggest reason why i go by myself and like not everybody wants to drive home from toronto after a game and get home at at three in the morning and then get up and work the next day so like i uh, that that's a big part of it. You know, my, my girlfriend, actually, she's come to um, several of the games with me. Okay. Um, we, you know, like uh, in the 18, 19 season, we did like around new year's, I think they played at Milwaukee and then at, uh, at Memphis back to back. And we, we did that. We drove from Detroit to Milwaukee down to Memphis and then back to Detroit. So like she's come cool. to several of them with me, but um yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's just about convenience and, you know, my schedule, you know, I'm lucky enough where it allows me to be able to just decide, you know, on a, kind of on a whim that I'm going to go to a game on the road and just get up and do it. And, you know, I don't have to do much pre-planning and, you know, sometimes it's cheaper to do it that way too, rather than doing it way far in advance. For sure. So you've been in enemy territory uh, dozens of times at this point, yep. but the most hostile enemy territory. And I don't think, especially to Pistons fans, I don't think this would come as a surprise, even to most NBA fans, but we've just had specific instances with them um, was in Toronto. And I feel like Pistons fans who go to home games against the Raptors, like they're going to have the same answer because Raptors fans travel really well, especially to Detroit. Um, But that was a great game for you to be at the Reggie Bullock game winner. Talk to us a little bit about how that night was for you. This is something that is covered in the story, but I just think it's interesting because that was during that same stretch of games that we were talking about earlier, where the Pistons were playing really well at the beginning of the season. Uh, Dwayne's first win against Toronto in Toronto, the Reggie Bullock game winner, and you were there. Yeah, so the the thing to remember about that game, we were down big pretty early in that game. I think we were down 17 or 18 points or something like that. Maybe even in the third quarter, we were down by that much. And Stanley Johnson got hot. Yeah, Stanley got hot. And and the fans were talking just a ton of trash to me, even just walking around the concourse. Like, usually I can walk around a concourse fine or stand outside of an arena waiting in line fine. And fans were coming up to me just telling me how they were going to going to beat us and talking trash like why are you wearing a Pistons jersey you're in Toronto and like when the game was going on every time they would make a basket there were these real obnoxious fans to my my left who were just screaming in my face and then you know when we got down by 17 18 I really remember them specifically saying well I guess uh, I guess we've got this game in the bag huh and then right at that point is when we started to turn it around so when uh when we you know, got to the end and you know, it was so close and the fans, I could feel them getting quieter and quieter. And then Reggie, you know, hits that game winner. And I just, I erupted right back at those fans who had been talking trash to me the whole time, just started screaming back at them. And, and then I immediately realized like, Oh, I should probably uh, 
quiet down a little bit and just try to slink out of here just so nobody attacks yeah. me on the way out. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. Uh, see, the only bad experiences that I've had with the Pistons on the road because I've only seen them twice on the road. Yeah. Um, were so when I went to the Pistons Laker game a week after the Isaiah stuff happened, and I was there in an Isaiah Stewart jersey that the esteemed gentleman that I host this podcast with. Uh, gifted to me the only person that said anything was outside the arena 30 minutes after the game like six blocks away so it's like they like they like <laughs> lakers fans i wasn't i wasn't worried about them at all but raptors right. fans yeah we've known that that's sort of their hostility i do want to ask just as a follow-up to that um not related at all but i have to ask this moda center in portland yep i believe to be the best arena in basketball I say that, and that, that's as somebody who's never been there. And you, <laughs> you of course, Corey, being somebody who has been there, I would only hope that you agree with me. Uh, it, it is. It's definitely in the top half of arenas. Okay, in cool. NBA. I'll, I'll give you that. It's definitely in the top half. The fans there were really nice to me. Actually, they were probably some of the nicest fans. Uh, were the fans in Portland? Portland's um, one of my favorite cities. Yeah, it's a great city. Fans were super nice to me. Um, and it is a really nice arena. I, again, I, I wouldn't have it in my top five, maybe just outside of the top 10, but it's, it's a really nice arena for sure. Do you want to, do you want to disparage your least favorite and talk about some of the sights and sounds there? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, let's, let's do this. Let's do your top five favorite. We'll do cities okay. and least five favorite cities. And then I'll, okay. I'll, we'll, we'll see if ours overlap and how many of ours overlap. Okay. Are we, are we talking cities or arenas? Because I do you frankly, get to spend a lot of times in cities, or do you just kind of get in, get out? Yeah, most of the time I get in and get out just because I'm okay. trying to do it on a budget, and you know, half the time I'm I'm working remotely, so I'm like right. stuck in my Airbnb all day. So I, I'm mostly let's do arenas. Experience the arenas, then let's do arenas. So, so I actually I, I did a little bit of prep work for the podcast. I put together like a, a list, and I, I have like a worst four, and I have a best six, and then I have a couple okay. that I just think are really unique. Um, okay. So the the worst four. Um, Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. I know we mentioned that in the article, but there were, without exaggeration, cockroaches running around on the ground by my feet in the arena while I'm in my seat. Uh, not, not cool. Um, one, Bank, one year they had a sewage spill, and oh, I heard right. it. Yeah, and it, it smelled terribly for five hours. That is, I agree, it's a bad arena. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, I don't like at all. Um, it, it felt like a, a college arena to me. Like mm. in the seats, um, you know, how there's sometimes the, like in, in LCA, there's the glass partition in front of the, the upper bowl. Um, it, at Scotiabank, they just have like the metal poles um, that are metal yeah. bars that go in front of them. And, you know, the paint's chipping off and the seats were bad. And it just, I don't know, just the, even the, the bathrooms, I think, like instead of being individual stalls, I, feel like i remember it just being like a trough like it oh uh, one of those yeah yeah, one of those yeah. i think I, I might be misremembering that but it was it you was might bad. be right like that yeah and then uh i i think staples center sorry crypto.com arena uh is is actually really <laughs> bad in my opinion I, I don't think it's very good <laughs> like I, I you just expect a lot from an arena in, in los angeles and i just don't think it's a very good arena at all. i think it's fine if you're there for a laker game if you're mm-hmm. there for a clipper game it is so unremarkable it's shocking yep. but when you're there because when it because like 
there is such a difference in how it, it, the product is presented, for, whether it's a Clipper game or a Laker game that you're watching. Right. It's actually, you know what I will say about crypto.com? It's a great uh, hockey arena. We're like not calling it crypto.com. Like I, I'm very disappointed that both of you have referred to it as crypto.com. I okay. was trying to be politically correct. It's Staples Center. It's like a yes, it's a great go. it's a great place to watch hockey. Um, but I mean, and to be fair, most places are like it's pretty bad to have a bad hockey arena. But um, yeah, no, when you're there for a Laker game, it's definitely like cool. I would yeah. I, I I guess maybe I wouldn't just like the concourses are just fine. Um, the surrounding area is cool, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I'll say I'll say this about it. It, it, The experience that they put on for the Lakers game is really impressive. So I've I've seen the Pistons play there against the Lakers and the Clippers. So in the 1890s, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Do you did you in your mind, did you have to see for it to count? Did you have to see the Lakers and Clippers play the Pistons in Staples Center? Staples. I did. Yeah, I had to do it. Like I I it wouldn't have counted to me if I hadn't seen them play Lakers and Clippers both there. So. Um, I think in 1819, we played Lakers and then Sacramento and then Clippers. So again, remember I'm doing this on a budget. So I, I saw the Lakers game. I actually hopped in a Greyhound bus road to Sacramento. It was like an overnight Greyhound bus. So to me, I didn't have to pay for a hotel that night. I was just getting to, I could sleep on the bus, saw Sacramento and then hopped in a Greyhound bus back to Los Angeles for the Clippers game, which I think was Blake's return game. Um, so yeah, I did them both. Uh, for the Lakers games, I, I do like the big curtain that they hang down yeah, from around cool. the uh, around the scoreboard that they project stuff onto. I will give them that. That's a really cool, really unique thing. I've never really seen anything like that in any, any of the other arenas. Um, it is funny how much the the Clippers feel like second class citizens in that arena. It's bizarre. <laughs> it yeah, is absolutely yeah. bizarre. I will say um, on the Staples Crypto.com arena thing. Crypto.com arena has better hot dogs than Staples Center. That's a real thing. That's what I've learned. Their hot dogs are really that's, good, and Staples hot dogs were really bad. I that's don't know. such a Nick take, and I love it. It's crazy. I don't know what happened. I don't know what they did. Unlike a more – well, I guess we're still in the middle of your list. I'm sorry, yeah. Clark. You, so we have, oh, yeah. we have Smoothie King, Staples Center, uh, yep. Scotia uh, Bank. Bank. And then the other arena that I didn't think was very good was uh, – I don't know what it was called at the time. I think it's called the Footprint Center now in Phoenix. What was it oh, called? It was Talking oh, yeah. Stick Resort. Talking, Talking Stick, Stick Resort, Resort yeah. Arena. That's what it was called when I yeah. went there. Yeah, it um, it was very underwhelming. The I think the scoreboard is like in the shape of an old, like early 2000s cell phone. So <laughs> it looks like a cell phone with a screen <laughs> yeah. in the middle of it. Um, yeah. The, I don't know. It was just, it wasn't a very good arena to me. Does either, that mean so. you were there for that, like, falling down, like underhand Blake pass? Were you there for that game? You know what I'm talking about? I know the one you're talking about. I don't remember if that was that season or not. Yeah, I don't remember when that was. Okay. Yeah, but that was that was an awesome pass for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I still love Blake Griffin. Um, <laughs> my really quick man. Up. So my list is obviously a little different because I don't really do the concourse. A lot of it is based off for me where we sit for media, and um, like that's pretty much primarily it. So Phoenix is tied for me because we sit at the scores table. That's a very mm-hmm. rare, but I agree. I have actually walked around the concourse there. The, the area outs. I, I don't like Phoenix in general. It's not my favorite mm-hmm. city. It's it is. Yeah. I, I could see from a fan experience. That's not a great arena though. I, uh, I have a rapid fire question. That would make it seem like I have multiple questions. It's only one. Uh, that is if you want to do like, 
have you because you know how like the rockets came out with that like hot dog that had mac and cheese and fruit loops on it Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. those like stadium creations have you like tried any from anywhere that was like actually like good or like who has the best concourse food or anything like that that's a good question i i try to stay away from the concourse food a bit actually um the the tough part for me uh so i was actually raised as a vegetarian so i didn't have any meat Mm. at all until i was in in college and i still only ever eat chicken i've never had red meat in my entire life um good for you so thank you yeah so it uh the concourse food like it's all just junk like it's just pizza or (laughs) stuff i can eat pizza chicken tenders like it's all pretty similar. I, I will, to give New Orleans some credit, there was a stand there that had some amazing mac and cheese. Um, I, I liked that a lot. They had like a few different varieties of mac and cheese there. And that was really good. That's you know, obviously the one thing New Orleans really does right is, is the food. Sure. Uh, which yeah. you know, is to be expected. Do you but, yeah, sorry, I don't have a better your, answer for that. Do you want to run through your favorites really quick? Yeah, sure. Uh, MSG, so, I know or, that's or can a I boring guess answer, but yeah, go for it. All right, let's, all right. Well, MSG. Uh, <laughs> um, MSG I'm trying to think so you, you basically you really enjoy arenas that have like a uniqueness to them um, I could see Barclays uh, I do Barclays? like Barclays we did we, when, when we were in Sacramento and we actually met up we talked a little bit about Barclays and Sacramento they're both they're both on my unique list you know in a really good way like yeah. they both have that where you walk in the front door and it's sort of open between the seats and you can see out onto the court from the concourse. Yes. Those are yes. the only two arenas I can think of that have something like that. And it's, it's really, really cool and kind of breathtaking when you first walk in and see it for the first time. Like it's, it's a really cool experience for both of those places. I, I agree. Um, what is Indianapolis's arena called now? It's not, I think it's Gainbridge Fieldhouse now. Is that on your list? Banker's Life Fieldhouse. It used to be Banker's Life. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that is on my list. Yes, I actually really like Indiana's arena a lot. It's a very good arena. It's one of the yeah. best. I agree. Yeah. Um, do you want to throw one out there, Nick? Since Moda Center is not in his top five, and I know you're heartbroken, even though you had no idea if it was one of the. You just, I just love that. I think you're probably. I think you're a smart guy. I don't think United Center's on your list. It should I, be. I should. I like be. United Center. No, it's 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 just you walk in and you're like they play basketball here and you leave. That's it. It's it's um, massive. They do the they have some the pregame intros are some of the best. That's true. Uh, I would say it's either going to be like something weird like Chesapeake Energy or FedEx Forum, but my actual guess is Toyota Center in Houston. Mm, Toyota Center is top ten for sure. Actually, I do really like Toyota Center. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff like really cool displays on the concourse and stuff. There's like I like when teams really take some time to pay homage to their their history and mm-hmm. have displays of old players and jerseys and stuff like that. So Toyota Center is great um, from that perspective. Um, but not top that, five. Not top five, I don't think. No. Uh, Detroit's arena is actually top five for me. And frankly, I love Little Caesars Arena. I think it's really great. I love LCA. I got to ask you something, though. As somebody who – and, James, you can participate in this, too. You've been to every arena. Are you guys – as people who have been to LCA and State Farm Arena in Atlanta, uh, the growing trend of putting bars on the court, pro or anti, from an aesthetic standpoint? Uh, pro. Yeah, pro? I'm, I'm pro. I, I think, again, I really like unique features for arenas, so I'm, I'm pro that. And I, I got a chance in the preseason to spend a little time in the Pistons bar area, nice. and it's, it's pretty cool down there. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. nice. And 
it just adds like a little novelty. So I, I think it's cool. And it would, you be, mentioned- it, would, it would be cooler if they were better. Like once they're good, I think mm. that area will look pretty cool. Sure. Definitely. Um, Corey, I want to ask a more, a little bit like more serious advicey question, if sure. you don't mind um, from somebody who, and this is, this is detailed a little bit more in the actual story. It's not like you're here. It's not like you're a millionaire just going to all these games. Like you are a fiscally responsible person who manages his money in such a way that you are able to do something like this. Talk to people a little bit about like the challenges of forcing yourself to like really save your money to be able to do this thing that ends up being like super rewarding and how that's just helped you as a person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, real quick, I just wanted to jump back. You mentioned State Farm Arena. That's in my top five as well. In oh, cool. I really like cool. State Farm Arena. Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, doing this was definitely not easy and not not cheap to do, right? But, you know, I going into it, I knew if I was going to be able to do it, I had to be as frugal as I possibly could. So, um, you know, again, whether it's, when I was in you know, Los Angeles taking a Greyhound to Sacramento rather than renting a car or flying because that Greyhound doubled as my method of travel and my hotel for the night, yeah. like, you know, yeah. that, that worked out. And then, um, you know, I, I fly spirit everywhere because it's the cheapest way to fly. Like I, without exaggeration, got a flight to Orlando for $25. Like it was, yeah. it was nuts. I, I got a flight to New York for $40 or something like it's, I have a I have a crazy spin zone for you. I you're in a way pretty lucky that the Pistons are bad because it saves yeah. you a lot of money. <laughs> like when you no, but like actually, like when you when you have to go to a Laker game and pay or a Warriors game, pay Warrior prices. It's like yeah. well, they're only playing Detroit, so it's right. gonna it's, it, the it, the values of it down. So like in a way, it's pretty lucky for you that they're bad. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I I don't think I would have been able to do this if if we had uh, been as good like at the start of the 1819 season yeah. we were good and tickets were actually a lot more expensive yeah. and as the season went on the tickets got cheaper and cheaper to the different games i was going to so i i don't know if i would have been able to do this as much if we were better um you know i, I think that's something more for you know further on down the line you know i mentioned to, to james in the article one of my goals eventually would be to go to all 82 games in a yeah. season i think that would be a really fun thing to do and i'd like to do that during a season when and we're actually good. And I can see a lot of wins because I've, I've seen us lose a lot. Um, we have <laughs> seen a lot of losing basketball. Like it, you know, from that perspective has not been the most fulfilling journey because I've seen us lose so many times on the road, but, um, but you're absolutely right. Like, because we have been so bad during that stretch, it really made it a lot easier for me to complete this journey. 100%. I have a, I have a question really quick that I like to ask. So I, I, Nick, you and I live, uh, I mean, I, I'm in both worlds where I, I, I interact with fans in person on, at, at LCA on the road. Um, and then I also obviously interact with Pistons Twitter, as they call it. And that's pretty much where a lot of your interaction is. I think what the internet doesn't understand is the fans at the arena don't necessarily have the same mindset as Pistons Twitter. And I would say, Corey, just uh, perusing your Twitter, you're not heavily involved in what they call Piston Twitter, correct? Correct. I, I You're more of the general diehard, I go to the games fan. Not die, I shouldn't say diehard in that regard because some people don't live there. Some people don't, money. What I mean is like the traditional 
fan, I guess. Um, so what I, my question to you is when they started rebuilding, were you for it? Were you against it? Did you understand it? Or as somebody who has season tickets and travels around, do you always want them to try to be as good as they can be? That's a very good question. So um, number one, I do read Pistons Twitter a lot. I have to, I, I basically, I made a decision early on to try not to interact with it too much because I, Smart man. I like to argue. Um, and I knew if I got sucked into it, I was going to spend all my time arguing and I'd have even more gray in my beard than I have right now. So I, I had to sort of take a step back from it. Um, I, I was in favor of us trying to rebuild as long as we were doing it the right way. I didn't like the, like the 76ers method of throwing out horrible teams year after year where, you know, it was just completely unwatchable basketball. Like I wanted guys who were going to go out there and play hard and maybe they wouldn't win a game, but they would at least try really hard. And as long as we try hard in a game, like that's what was most important to me. So, you know, during that 18, 19 season, and then into, you know, 19, 20, like those teams, they just wound up being not very fun teams to watch as much as I love Blake. And I, you know, I, I, was okay with Andre and, you know, Reggie at times and, and those guys, they just didn't go out and play hard every single night. And that's all I want from a team is that they're going to go out there and play hard. Even if it's a bunch of young guys, even if we're rebuilding, I just want to see them play hard and try. And I've had more fun watching this current team than I had at any point during my stretch in, in 18, 19, when I went to 74 games, like this team is just way more fun squad to watch. I tell people that all the time. People ask me, how do you how do you sit here and watch every single game? And I'm like, well, first of all, the first and the 15th, I get paid. Um, and second of all, um, it's way more you, you're watching something that actually is working towards something Definitely. like when you watched all the previous iterations of Pistons teams, it's like, yeah, you might get a Blake 50 ball game here. Or you might see Blake hit 10 threes in a game. But it's like we know what the ceiling of this team is. Yeah. Like you're just you're kind of just it's like this, the sand hourglass. You're just kind of just waiting for the sand to fall and the season to end. With this team, it's like something random can happen every day. Sadiq can go for 30. Kay can go for 30. Isaiah could go for 10 and 10. Uh, Killian could do things. Uh, Frank Tommy Jackson can, yam can go on off. Tommy can yam on somebody. I love so how it's like, everybody had a specific thing that we could, that they can do. <laughs> and then Killian was just does something. <laughs> Because that's where we are. He could throw. He could throw a sick pass through two guys full court. Mm, mm. Um, I'm on so, Team Killian, by the way. I, I I'm all in on Killian still. Like I, I think he. We need to, you know, just give him a, a longer leash and just let him, let him go out there and do his thing. I'm, I'm with you, Nick. I, I've listened to a few episodes. I honestly, I didn't know that because I'm not on Piston Twitter. I didn't really. No offense, I didn't realize this podcast was the thing. Like I'm going to go back and listen to all of the episodes now fun. because I've oh, listened to a few you. and I. I I loved it, and I'm going to be all in from now on. Um, <laughs> Thank but you. Like I've I've that, heard all that. That was definitely the reason we had you like, on. Yeah, <laughs> just to add another add another listener. Yeah, just getting one more fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely definitely all in now. Um, but yeah, like this, I I, I want to be clear. I'm not like just all like pro Pistons. Like we can do no wrong. Like I I definitely during that streak acknowledged the the faults and acknowledged you know that we probably weren't going to really go anywhere with that iteration of the team and that we needed to do something. I just didn't want to like start throwing games. Like, you know, again, 
Philadelphia did during the the process stretch. Like, hmm. I I hate that shit. Like, I, sorry, we can swear, right? Um, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, I uh, <laughs> during that uh, you know during that, that that season was just it really became a little bit of a slog at the end where I was like, I gotta keep. I wanted to keep it going, but it was really just kind of a, a strain whereas I think if I were to try to do something like that with this current team even though we're winning less games I would have a much better time doing it because we're really I think doing it the right way can I, can I do some rapid fire questions Nick I would love nothing more than if James Edwards III asked some rapid fire questions Corey three your three favorite current Pistons oh um I, I love Cade um I love let's see you said rapid fire Beef stew has been my guy, my guy. Um, and then I, this is more for his his attitude than everything. I love Josh Jackson. Um, okay. kind of interesting, Whoa. but wow. I love like the edge he brings to the team. It really reminds me of not only you know the bad boys guys, but the O four guys who were you know the going to work yeah. era team. Wow, like you I, can tell I love, he's from Detroit. Yes, you you absolutely yeah. can. We need we need that Detroit attitude on the team, and I, I love that he like when he. <laughs> When he uh, was talking trash to Ben Simmons, Ben that, Simmons, that, yeah, that clip yes. of of uh, what was he saying? Shut up, bitch! Or something he called, to, he called yeah. he said, "You're a bitch." Shut up, bitch. You're a bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was great. That, so I was all yeah. in on Josh Jackson at that point. I know he's been struggling offensively, but I, I love that about right. him. So I think those are my three guys. You're on the spot. Least favorite current piston. Gotta do mm, it. Least favorite current piston. Uh, up until this year, it was Kelly Olenek. I hated that guy so much. Um, and when we signed him, like I, I made some dramatic posts, like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be done with this team. Like, Most I'm, people I'm did. Of, yeah. Yeah. I'm sick of, but I just never, I, I didn't really know much about him. I just knew, like, you know, goofy caveman guy who hurt Kevin Love a few years exactly. ago. But exactly. Right. He, he's been incredible. Um, so to give you a real answer, let's see. I'm going through the, the roster in my mind. Um, you know, I hate to, to do it because he's got my name, but Corey Joseph, I guess. And it's not like I, I dislike him, but I just dislike all the minutes he's getting because, again, I'm a pro Killian guy and I wanted to see Killian <laughs> yeah. get thrown out there. So I guess Corey Joseph, if I have to give an answer. James, can I give you my answer on that one? Because you never ask me that question because you don't want yeah, me to I, say that I don't like players. Sure, but I, know, I think I know who yours is. Who do you think it is? I'm curious. Uh, Luca Garza. My honest to God answer. Yeah, I don't have one. I you don't like hate everybody. Yeah, I don't hate anybody on this team anymore. I don't hate. I, 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 ha- I mean, Corey, just to your point, when we originally signed Kelly, I hated him, hated, hated, yeah. hated him. And I was one of those same people being like, oh, but he fucking broke Kevin Love's shoulder. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, but that pick and pop with Cade is going to be really good. So really good. Yeah, yeah, I came around on him very quickly. Yeah. yeah and I want to be clear. I, I do not hate Corey Joseph. I no, like I know. Corey 100%. Joseph. Um, I just felt like I had to answer. I didn't know I could. No, that's, like you I put yeah, you I made spot. you. I made you. I put you in a box and made you look pretty yeah, bad by he, being he like, whole, I don't hate whole, anybody. Right. He did a whole presentation like he was going to unveil an answer. I hate uh, nobody. Yeah. I hate nobody. Right. Um, all right. You're going to do some right. more rapid fire. Go for it. Um, your belief level in Troy Weaver, one to ten. Hmm. Um, I'm still at like an eight right now. I still, that's pretty high. Yeah. Very high. Yeah, I again, I don't think we've seen enough from this this team to to be much lower than that. I've, I've liked most of the moves that he's made, and um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really giving him the benefit of the doubt right now. I think if, if we have another year where we play like this, you know, it's probably going to drop to, you know, five or six or something. But here's a, here's a bananas question about Troy. What looks smarter, making the trade in the first place or voiding it? Well, well, <laughs> which now, now which looks smarter? It. Has to, I think voiding it looks smarter. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, 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 do you get what I'm asking? Like the smartness that we viewed the trade in real time, is was that smarter than how it looks now that he voided it? I think it looks smarter that he voided it. Does this question make sense, James? Yes, because he got a guy who's playing like an all star, Rodney McShooter. <laughs> yeah, Rodney, McSh- Rodney just, McMichael Jordan. I mainly yeah. meant from the Bull Bull perspective, but sure, yeah, okay, yeah. all right, yeah. I'll yeah, now Bull Bull had the surgery; he's going to be out. Like yes. we, we look like geniuses now. Absolutely. Yeah. Troy Weaver's yeah, back in his that, bag. That was an ultimate fleecing. Um, last one, and I'd be curious your answer. Uh, we've asked about the players, we've asked about the GM, Dwayne Casey. This was I, would, this, yeah. I, I like asking season ticket holders because I think what you just said about Troy can be applied to Dwayne Casey. The team hasn't been able to really do much with its roster. People can complain about rotations. They can complain about Killian not running enough pick and rolls, whatever it is. I think it's just, I think Dwayne has done a good job given, given the cards, your thoughts. I agree with you. I I think, um, I think that he early on maybe underachieved with the team we had in 18, 19, 19, 20, a little bit. I think we could have done more with the the talent we had on that team. Um, And I think a lot of that was, you know, was Dwayne, Dwayne Casey and his sort of inability to, get Andre Drummond to play hard every night and inability to, you know, put a, a better in his defense. Team. A lot of coaches struggled getting that. That's, that's true. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. very fair. Um, but with this, this current iteration, like I, I like some of the development that we've seen from these guys. I like, you know, what we saw from, you know, Sadiq Bay so far and Isaiah Stewart, I know he's regressed a little bit this year, but I think he's doing a real good job with developing these young guys and sort of, like even with Hami Diallo earlier this year where Hami yeah. wasn't getting minutes early on. And I think Dwayne Casey just didn't feel like he was, was earning them. And, you know, Hami showed a little bit of fire. And I think maybe he liked that he showed that fire and threw him out there. And now Hami is like showing he, he earned those minutes and is deserving of those minutes. And I, I think yeah. given what he, like the, the hand he's been dealt, I think that Dwayne Casey's been doing a good job. Like could we have better rotations and maybe play the young guys a little bit more than playing Corey Joseph, for example? Absolutely. But I, I think that he's done a, a very good job. I think it would be a huge overreaction to to fire him, you know, midseason, like a lot of people are calling for, or even at the end of this season. I think we need to give him at least one more year with this team to see what he can do with it before we even consider something like that. What's insane I, to me, just super quick, James, and I'll let you go. Yeah. No, go ahead. This is to you. Is this is insane that Corey's like, yeah, I don't really listen to the Bunny Cardigan, but now I will. Everything that you just said, it's like you're a regular listener of the Bunny Cardigan because this is stuff that James <laughs> preaches religiously. Like everything you just said, like that's the James Edwards book this last like two months. And I just want to yeah. say that that's really insane. So go ahead. James. Wow. I, I think one thing people people notice, like the players play hard for him. I think that's yep. very important. And I think one thing people don't see um, that I'm, and maybe you've seen it, Corey, just being at the arena, but uh, I'm obviously privy to like somebody like Isaiah Stewart at every time out, when he messes up, he goes up to Dwayne, puts his arm around him and like, looks him in the eyes. Dwayne's talking to him. They like put, pat him on the back. Like there are these guys like really like, like Dwayne and like, look him in the eye, put their arm around him like mid game. 
understand him. They want to like not impress him, but they want to play hard for him. And I think that gets overlooked in the in the the minutia of the rotations and uh, usage and all that stuff. Like if you've got a guy, if your team is losing a lot and the players still want to play for the coach, um, I think that's that is a great. I think that's important. I'll, Dan I'll Campbell. I think that I think that's Dan Campbell. I think that is very yeah. important. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you 100%. That's one of the biggest things I watch when I'm at the games is the, the body language of, of the players, like especially when they're going to the bench, um, like you mentioned. And yeah, I, I see these guys, not only they, they want to play hard for Dwayne Casey, but they want to get his coaching and his approval and like earn his respect as players. And I think it's so hard for a coach to to, to get that and to connect with these younger guys on that level, especially an older coach like, like Dwayne Casey. Yeah. And he has done something that I don't think many coaches could do, which is really get the, the full respect and approval of, you know, all the guys on the team from, you know, one through 17 or whatever. They, they're all really, really bought in on him. And I, I think it would be completely foolish to, to let go of Dwayne Casey right now. And, or even again, at the end of the season, just given the fact that, everybody just goes out there and plays so damn hard for him. Like that's, that's all I ask for is that the team's going to play hard, even if they're not going to win. And they're, they're doing right. that even when they're not winning these games. So it, I want to, I think they lose really quick. I think they lose big sometimes because they're bad, not because yep. they don't play hard. And exactly. I think that gets that, that gets misconstrued. Like when you're bad, you're going to lose games by a lot sometimes. Right. 100%. We will wrap up here in just a second, but before we do that, I've been, I've been chewing on this the whole time and wanted to ask this the whole time, Corey, I'm going to ask it right now. All right. Um, so somebody I should say they're young, not not fully. They're bad and young, but it's because they're young. Sorry, I, I made it sound like they're just a trash team. All right, Mr. Diplomat. I'll say it. They're bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've been at every single game. Obviously, there are advantages uh, to not just being someone in James's position, but just even just purely as a fan, you know, being at as many games as possible. You notice a lot more than the average person sitting at home does. So two part question. The first part is especially in 1819 when you're at you know 90% of the games that they play not just at home but overall those games that you're missing and watching on TV do you feel like an idiot like are you just like I should be there like does it like does it like get to you cuz <laughs> that would drive me insane it definitely did like i so i'm i'm much bigger on on instagram than i am on on twitter by the way so i chronicled my whole 82 game season you know on instagram made a single cool. post for every game with a bunch of pictures and stuff and Do you want to share your Instagram or no? Yeah, sure. It's uh, so it's my first name backwards. Y R O K one nine eight six. Y R O K one nine eight six. And it's a public Instagram. You can go check it out. I post a bunch of pictures of sneakers and basketball and stuff on there. Um, but uh, yeah, when I the first game I had to post and I wasn't at the game, like game twenty five of that season. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing? I I should have been there. I could have been there. Yeah, <laughs> I could have tried harder to make this. Like I should have just done it. Um, so I was, yeah, I was really pissed at myself, uh, not, not being there for those games. Yeah. Just for, you know, for the eight games I missed that year, I was like, sure. I feel so stupid. I should just be there right now. What's wrong with me? The, uh, the second part to that question is just honestly, some of the stuff that you do pick up being at a majority of these games and, and James, I mean, I know that, you know, this more than anybody, but like, you know, beyond like, just like the sort of in-between moments and like the body language stuff, like what's something that you think you have a better perspective on this team than like the average person who stays at home because you've been to so many of these games. Do you get what I'm asking? Gosh, damn. That's a great question. You're good. Great question. Really putting me on the spot with that one. 
I mean, I just like I, the, the chemistry of this team, you know, you see so much more being in the, in the arena, again, getting to watch, you know, how the players interact who, who aren't on the court or getting to watch them as they are coming on and off of the court and talking to each other and, and you know, dabbing each other up and everything as they're coming on and off. Like that's something that really you don't get to see when you're watching these games on, yeah. on TV, you really get to, you know, this, this feels like a team, like in, in 18, 19, there was not all that interaction. The guys would go to the bench and not really be talking too much. And, um, this is just something that's, that's completely different. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I know that's the easy answer to give is just the body language, but it really is. No, true. but it's like, true. That's, that's the biggest thing I've picked up is just how much this team really enjoys playing together. I also, I got to go to, um, I volunteered at the, the Thanksgiving Pistons give back. So I got to hang out with some of the guys from the team and all the Pistons employees oh, cool. and stuff when they were passing out um, goods and stuff to all the people uh, who were coming by the practice facility over Thanksgiving. And I got to see all the players hanging out, interacting then. And like these guys, nice. they really, really like each other. Like they, it's not like they were sort of hanging out by themselves. They were all interacting and talking and laughing and having a good time, you know, beef stew. Uh, he got to direct traffic. He had one of those lights. He was like waving people down and dancing while he was doing that. Like get to see a different side of these guys. And they, they're all really good guys who, you know, I don't think there's a single one of them who, you know, the other guys don't like, or, you know, don't want to play hard for like they, they all really, really respect each other and, you know, want to go to bat for each other. Cool. People, right. people think I say this because I'm being diplomatic and I have to be around the players and I don't want to piss them off. But I gen when I say like, this is a good group of guys, like I'm not, that's not what it is. Like they are, there are a bunch of guys as Dwayne likes to say, say that you would take home to date your daughter. Like there's a lot of nice guys on this team. Can I, um, can I say something about Dwayne that like, he's gotten to me psychologically. You know what I've been doing? Quotes? Yeah. You know what I've been doing every day for the last like month and a half because of him? what i've been making my bed i'm well, it's dead good you got serious. a bed to make now uh, <laughs> i'm dead serious that's that's it yeah I, i've been meaning that's to say that for a while and yeah Dwayne casey if you're out there dc listen to this you got me i make my bed now um all right can James, we end on this let's yeah. end on this uh end of the story and if we need to bleep it out we can end of the story that we did i asked I asked uh, Corey what was next, as he mentioned. Yeah, all eighty-two. See them win a title. The other one is front courtside seats. Corey, uh, to my knowledge, the the Pistons saw my story on you, and they reached out. Uh, is did, have you has has is it locked in? Are you going to see the Pistons courtside? Uh, you are correct. They reached out to me the morning your story dropped, like wow. before I had even gotten up and read it myself, because I'm still out in, in California at this time. I woke up to a, right. a call, an email and a text all from my season ticket rep who was trying to get a hold of me. And I was like, hey, the Pistons, we, you know, we saw your story. Um, you know, we saw that one of your, you know, your dreams in the story was to sit courtside and we want to make it happen for you. So they told me to, to pick three games I'm interested in. And they're, you know, they'll choose one of them. Um, I'm still trying to decide which game I want to go to, but yeah, they, they're, they're going to hook me up with, with courtside seats. It's, it's crazy. It's like this lifelong yes. dream of mine is the courtside. So they're going to let me sit courtside for a game. So, Are you going to be there game, by yourself? Don't thank me. Yeah. They're giving me two seats. Nice. They're giving me two seats. Hey, yep. oh, congratulations, yep. man. That's definitely. awesome. I'm very excited about oh. it. 
Um, I'm still trying to decide what, what game. Do you guys have any, any input on, on a game to, to choose? Let me look at the schedule. Nick, do you have any? I'm trying to think who's still. Because here's the thing. Like, I want to see someone good, but I also, if I'm going to sit courtside, I'd like to see a win, right? So you have to play sure. this yeah. balancing act of, like, sure. if I want to sit courtside and see us lose or would I like to see us play, like, a, a bad team. Well, but, the way know, that you look at it is if, if we're playing a really good team, then you're also sitting courtside to see – like if 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 it's Brooklyn that's in town, you're not just sitting courtside to see the Pistons. You're sitting courtside mm-hmm. to see James Harden and Kyrie and Kevin Durant. You right, know what I mean? So right. like, there's a lot there's a lot to factor in. Here's um, here's what I would recommend. I would right. pick games that are sooner rather than later. Okay. In case like for example, there's Philly at in in April. Embiid could be sitting out to mm. get ready for the playoffs. You don't. Well, you also get... if you want to catch Jeremy, you got to catch a game before February 10th because that mother he's <laughs> you know true you're ridiculous um, if you want to see norman powell wait till after the deadline and you'll get to see norman powell so they play i mean this might be too quick a turnaround denver's in detroit on tuesday I, i'd imagine seeing Jokic up close would be fun Definitely. um charlotte february 11th that i was eyeballing fun. that one i thought maybe like i could be there and we could break the streak of losing to yeah, charlotte like i could there's the that. Charm and we yeah. could finally be- break that streak but you'll have you'll have all year you'll have all next year to watch miles bridges you don't need to see him that's, play that's in, a, in a charlotte uniform <laughs> but you have but court side's different to see the Lamelo miles lob up yeah, close and personal true 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 um and then the last one i would recommend um Maybe the maybe the Clippers game. Just see if so it rolls can, over. Just be there for opening can, night next year. Mm. <laughs> there you go. See now you're asking them to be greedy, but yeah, yeah. You I don't want to get greedy. No, yeah. don't do that. My my pick is Charlotte, February 11th, the day after the deadline. Maybe there's a new player. You get mm. to see Miles Bridges, Lamelo. Mm-hmm. It's a fun team, as fun as there is. That's that's the one I think you should pick. All that's right. Mason that's Plumley. That's a good one. The, the only other team I was considering was Boston. Uh, because I feel yeah. like maybe we'd have a good chance of, of beating them and seeing the, sure. the two Jays up close and personal. But yeah, I think one. Charlotte's a good choice. I think they'd be a fun squad to watch, especially if we could break that streak. Like I know a lot was made of that streak. Maybe the the guys on our team will now like focus in on it and they'll play extra hard yeah. that game and we can win or something. So the most random streak in, in NBA history currently. It's in, yeah. infuriating. No, the craziest one is Minnesota who hasn't. Okay. So if Minnesota plays a back-to-back and they win their first game, they are winless since 2012 in the second night of a back-to-back after winning their first game. It's been a they've decade. Never won, they've never won. They've never gone uh, undefeated on back-to-backs since 2012. It's been almost a decade since they've gone. Since they've swept a back-to-back. That's the most insane streak in basketball. How's that for something? I didn't know that. Take That's that good. for data. That's good. Either. All right, ladies That's and good. gentlemen. Uh, Corey, thank you. This was this was a this Thank was a great guys. show, Corey. Thank you very much for yes. doing this. Absolutely. Um, Thank you, guys. Covered all the bases. Got a story time with James. That Earl's man. That Earl record is crazy. I'm gonna pick yeah, that this week. If you want to do Corday, okay. we'll just flip. I'm not but doing Corday. Um, I, I think that might be. You can do Earl. I'll okay. do my favorite album. Will be uh, Makami Dollar Menu. Actually, no. Rome Streets Nose Candy Three. Or noise candy three. Sorry, I'm getting noise. ahead of myself. Whoa, <laughs> noise candy three. Whoa, Rome streets. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, thank you very, very much for listening. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe if you're feeling generous. We will catch you guys.
in the next one. Peace.